M-O-M. Me. I just want to be loved. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. to another episode of Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me today is Ryan. Yo! I've got Mike. Hello! And Avi is here with us as well. Hello, Avi. Is not on, but is he here in spirit? <laughs> until she can answer. It's on now. There we go. Hello, boys. Hello. All right, everybody. Here we are amidst horror and death everywhere. And also the end of Supernatural. We are here to talk about season... 15 episode 13 destiny's child and this episode was a little bit of a strange one because in many respects it worked at moving the story forward and it was a fun episode there are chuckle worthy moments there's some good supernatural genuine supernatural moments and stuff that even had you know my heartstrings tugged just a little bit Mm -hmm. you know but at the same time it was a bit cluttered and the writing was a little bit all over the map in a couple of, of key aspects, but the weirder thing I think from all of that is that it didn't really take away from making the episode enjoyable. Now we've had a lot of people uh, who have said things like, well, it wasn't the best episode, but it had fun or we've harped on episodes that are poorly written and supposed to be fun. And they didn't quite work for us. This one was almost a weird, like perfect mix. Yeah. The because, oddity. because on paper, it's not good. No, on paper it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But something about this episode <laughs> Just, worked for me. It had it's had some kind of charisma. Yeah. I think is is the right it was way. Charming. To, yeah, it was charming. That's yeah. it. Yep. It has the right amount of certain elements, and I think it answered not answered even, but touched on a few things that we've been bothered by for mm-hmm. almost a year now. No, yep. more than a year now, and getting a little bit of clarity or 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 return to form might have been what made this one still work yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So. Brad Buckner and Eugenia Ross Lemming helmed this episode, and it could be part of the reason why the scripting felt a little bit off. Unfortunately, as we said last week, they have kind of been all over the map lately. They had some really, really strong written episodes the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. but the last handful that they've done have been of mitigating consistency, a little really poor to... Surprisingly fun, but it's not quite hit, great. It's just it's been, been hit or hit miss. miss. Yeah, it's the well, best way who to is the it. director for this episode? 
Well, the director was Eamon Catterali, who's done a fantastic job with the episodes he's been a part of. Mm-hmm. And the work he's done has been stellar each and every time, even if the writing hasn't been the most outstanding. Well, uh, I think, I, do you think maybe that could be possibly it? Because because <clears throat> we I don't remember what episode it was, but I kind of want to say that um, Richard Spate directed one of their episodes and we were like in anybody else's hands like this probably would not have been as good yeah yeah and that could be a part of it too Uh, the last one he did with them if uh supernatural wiki is up to date and to be believed was season 13 episode 18 bring them back alive and that one we all talked about was was a very odd one for us that was the death of asmodeus and and gabriel's he's completely lost his mind madness nope he's totally fine now so it's it's hard to say exactly what it was, but it was still fun. Yeah, and I would say that's why it worked, because you have to have a good director mm-hmm. right. behind an episode, period. And we all can agree that Eamon Catarelli is a very good television director. He always manages, for the most part, to, to push. put together something good. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. The, the guy also has rapport now with mm-hmm. Jensen and Jared. Mm-hmm. This was a fun episode, which I don't think he's ever directed an episode that was actually fun. He has... Uh, helmed the episodes that are a little more darker in tone. Yeah. So he was able to do something a little, a little different, different and it worked out. But this is why you got to have these, these, these directors chosen the right way. You have to choose the right directors is probably a better way of saying that because or sometimes the writers, you mean exactly first okay. you got to find the, yeah, you got to find the director that's going to work best with a certain script. And also if you know, you have a pair of writers that struggle a little bit, they're a little, they're a little unpredictable at times. We're not really sure whether or not they're going to put together a good story or a bad one. Well, hey, let's cover our bases and make sure we have a capable director to take the stuff that is good there. And elevated. Yeah, that are good. Well, well everyone yeah. has a style, too. And I feel like if you if you put the right director with the right writers, you get a good stylized. And I think... Sometimes that just they just don't work. Well, and you're absolutely right because when you look at movies, it's very different. Directors pick movies traditionally at, at the higher level. They do movies that right. they want to do. They have a vision or right. a desire to see this thing brought to life. Television kind of gets assigned people, and if they do attempt to match styles with the right people who can bring it to life, if this person is more visual or their script is a little bit more abstract and the right director can make something work from that Mm -hmm. it can be all the more entertaining but either way Eamon Catterali like Mike said has done a great job of establishing himself in the last few years he's great we enjoy his work we enjoy seeing what he brings to the table and it might have been the thing that made some of the screwy writing feel good by the end of the day by the end of the episode and we do have we got some questions, not only as it seems like every episode, we got some questions answered, but now we have a whole new host of things with a lot of major elements brought into this episode, namely big elements, right? The Garden mm-hmm. of Eden, something that had been kind of talked about vaguely on Supernatural before or was more alluded to if yeah. God and Chuck and They're all that stuff years, is real. Yeah. Ergo, the Bible is real. Ergo, other things must be as well. If all this other lore fits, why wouldn't that have been? Well, Gadriel was connected to the garden, garden, which would have been great to have him make a return. You know, if any character should have made a return with an episode that brings him this whole element about. Well, there's still time. That (laughs) shit, Mike, you just brought something up that puts a plot hole puncture right through some of the elements of this episode. 
why go to Ruby and Joe and who knows what this thing is if Gadriel guarded the gates? Listen, I know. And Don't think about uh, it. But wait, because that, that's that, that, not those... a plot hole because Gadriel is dead. So he. But Ruby left was his dead. Post. But Ruby was dead. So it, yeah, but they would have at least known who what they were looking for. Yeah, but then they wouldn't be able to bring Joe and Ruby together. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, either way, regardless of how we got there, it was a very interesting moment. A very supernatural moment, I think. Yeah, for sure. A place that God had hidden away from all of humankind. It is very interesting, and it works for the show, and it felt right. But it does bring up some interesting questions. For me, who the fuck is the serpent? Because I... Is that not Lucifer? If not, because it didn't seem like it, saying, you know, who are you? Asking this weird, you know, messianic question. And the voice was... Awful. Very, very different. Yes. It was weird. It was this otherworldly entity asking Jack something and can restore his soul, which we had been led to believe that Chuck was the one who created souls and created life. And now that's kind of thrown into question. Who was this little girl? Right. That was my is, first question. Is she... A, She's not an angel because she asks him, are you an angel? Like she'd know the difference... Yeah. If she was, but she's not a human because humans aren't allowed. So what is this entity? What is her place? And why would anybody have access to this? If humans can't, why did Chuck even bother with it? Couldn't he have destroyed it? Or is this beyond his power even? Is this something different? Is this cradle of life kind of thing more than we're being led to believe right now? Kind of like a, a like a terraforming seed or something. Hey, you know, I got a couple theories. I, I want to see what everyone thinks in the this full discussion because it's it's very very interesting. But it could either save or break everything at the same time. So or be inconsequential. Or be inconsequential. Very very much likely as well. Ugh. I hope it's not because if it gives Jack his soul back, if the garden has the ability to heal him of something that has never been able to be, at least that we've seen, never been able to be restored, it is a powerful place. Mm-hmm. And that has ramifications, obviously, as we see with Jack in the end of the episode. I mean, I think that was perhaps the best moment. Oh, but yes. the fact that Billy is prepping him and and knew about this, more that, quote, spiritual journey what what is she up to? The thing is, we we even I think last show said she's got some other things she's working on too. She's yes. not telling. She's not saying everything. And I think this episode gave us even more of that. Like, hey, she's got an ulterior motive. Like, because she's up to something. She's up to something. Yeah, I don't trust her. For I shit. don't either. The empty believes that she'll be. It will be able to go back to sleep. I, I was okay. 50, 50 last episode. Like I was fifty fifty, and then this episode, and I was like, oh yeah, I definitely don't trust her now. Well, you know what I what I do love though about Billy is that she has always, I mean, from moment one, has always been that character that we have never been sure about. Yeah, that's it true. Is she good. has always been. Kinda, she has been one of the most. Kind of consistent, yeah. yes, one of the most consistent characters. And, and great character, too. Fun to watch every time. She is really good. But it also brings up more questions with her as well. The Empty has a bit of a canonical shift in this one. It's the place, not the cosmic entity. It's not exactly what we were led to believe before, a place of nothingness and rest and dreams. It's kind of like a place of eternal 
reliving horrible memories. This is why I had some issues. Yeah, I enjoyed the episode, but then you have something blinding that you're breaking your own canon that was not from 10 years ago. It was from like three years ago. Two years ago. Mm -hmm. And you're just changing it like that. Well, also, if the cosmic entity needs death in order to go back to sleep, does that mean it's not as powerful as we were previously led to believe? Yeah. Or are they just playing fast and loose with these rules? Well, that could just mean, you know, I mean, I could see with Billy being as underhanded and possibly not telling the whole truth as her character seems to be is doing one of those. Okay. What do you want? You just want to go back to sleep. Okay. Look, listen, help me and all of this tomfoolery will stop and you can go Mm -hmm. back to sleep. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's, it's elements like that questions like that. And with Billy as the driving force that wants, makes me want Crowley back. The only person who made deals with her and would always have inside information. I miss that dearly at times like this. See, and I feel like she feels like Crowley, but without the... Menacing. She's menacing without the the charismatic fun. Yes. Crowley was always menacing, but only when you pushed him too far, like in season 10, and you're like, oh, shit. And he reminded you you of who he was. But otherwise, he was fun. What if Ruby is Sam's happy ending, and she knocks uh, Eileen the fuck out? She knocks, or what if he just gets and the tag team him, dude, at the same time? He bangs bro. each of them. Yeah. It's a double team action. So anybody Normally else you pay laugh double. whenever Dean finally clicked that Sam slept with Ruby? I thought he knew that. I thought he knew that, too. I thought too. he knew that, too. I was like, wait, didn't he? No, I think that was more about the way, because I thought that, too, for half a second. Like, wait, he didn't know they were fucking. But then I think it was because of the way Castiel said it. Oh. It's actually intimate, because he, he looked at Castiel like he's bizarre. <laughs> Wait, you don't say that when you have you, that you're sexually intimate with someone? Mm-hmm. I usually say that when I'm dating a girl. But like, so, oh, are we so when are we be... getting sexually intimate? No, no. See, that sounds like you're trying to be funny. I do it oh. re- really. Um... Uh-huh. Listen, I know uh, we've been sexually intimate for a while now, and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it just feels uncomfortable. It's more that's, sterile, high. Yeah, that's very it's, sterile. It, 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 no, the gloves. Just, are you sterile? I feel like you might be. Yeah, if you kid. Yeah, Ruby's, you know, return appearance was not overly pushed, I felt, which is good. Although Cass totally just didn't even try to yeah. help her out. He's like, can't. Yeah, no, I'll totally try. Just tell me what I need to know. Yeah, okay, dude, later. Dude, when you said that, I was just like, oh, my God, that's, <laughs> that's a dick move. Well, he's like, I'm already going here anyways when, when I get happy, so fuck it. Yeah. And then we had probably one of the other highlights of the episode, uh, douchey Sam and Dean. Dude, they were awesome. I... Definitely, dude. When I saw Man Bun Sam, I thought of you immediately. You did, Thomas. I was I'm like, happy oh, about that. Thomas. I had a guest appearance. Apparently. Yeah, you were. And there's a douchey but, Man but Bun then character I saw, who makes fun of our show. Yeah. But then I saw how vascular Sam was when he was, was fighting like, oh, the demons. I'm like, that's definitely not Thomas. Yeah, he's that, was, that was the regular Thomas. Sam. Did you see how buff Sam was when he was fighting? You forget how fucking ripped that mm-hmm. dude is. You see the veins coming all the way from his chest to his neck. I was like, holy shit, the dude's a savage. Hulking out, so vascular. He's so vascular. <laughs> He's so vascular. I'm sure his penis is also very oh, vascular. So vascular. <laughs> I just I have to see it up close. Ugh, to know vascular that. cock. <laughs> I love him. You love vascular cocks? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's you two who just went on that whole dick tangent. Whatever, dude. He likes vascular cocks. It is what it is. Yeah, it we're was... trying to be accepting. Okay, Thomas. yeah, Thomas. <laughs> There's a lot of things in this episode that were fun. I I, I think it could have been all the more interesting had it been 
gone through a second draft, a bit of revision. Let's move a few things mm-hmm. around or not fall into lazy habits that we've If done. one of our top tier writers had written it. Right. You know, Yoki, Barron's, Meredith Glenn. Perez. Yeah. Literally anyone Perez, else. Then it would have been probably that much stronger. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it's still fun, though. Unfortunately, so that, you know, Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming are on contract and they have to be so know, many episodes a year. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So with that, let's let's get straight into this episode. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis? Yep. Uh, a search for the one thing that may give the Winchesters an edge against God leads Sam and Dean to Joe's door and to a secret that may have died with Ruby. Castiel asked Jack to do the unthinkable to help the brothers in their quest. Now, that's a decent synopsis. That's a, that's a good yeah, one. Fuck. God damn. So Fuck. let's let's talk about what is for the myth arc the most interesting aspect of this episode, and that's got to be Jack. His soul is back. He is back to normal, full powered and fully emotionally destroyed. Our, our little adoptive son for the Winchester family uh, is going to need some therapy if he didn't from his first couple episode appearance in season 13. Mm -hmm. But now we've got him back in fighting action, but he's not mentally there. And that's interesting because is this, was this part of Billy's plan? Oh, she absolutely. said that she had to make his body stronger, his powers stronger. And she knew she had to know, I would think that the garden was the only way his soul could be restored. And only with his soul would he be at full fighting capacity to take on God because why else go with this and keep it incredibly vague for the occultum and just not describe anything about it and say, yeah, go find me a thing. Because that's essentially what she said. I mean, that's go find me that's a exactly thing. What she, yeah. Don't yeah. worry about it. Don't ask too many questions. You don't need. To, you're on a need to know basis. So she had to know that it was going to do this, right? I think so. I think she had to know that it was going to give him his soul back. I think that was the whole point of him going there. It was to go there and get his soul back, and then, and she knew she had to have known. Like there, there's no other well, way. His conversation with a little girl was, I've heard this place will change me. And she said, it might. I say that you're the one that's supposed to find it. Yeah, there's a bit of prophecy laid into that, too, which it's weird because we just had a whole thing with free will. And now that's with free will in the previous, I think it was the previous episode, um, bringing about that concept that we can go through and make our own decisions. And now... If you're the one destined to find it, kind of feels a little yeah, a back, a, a back okay. step. Well, my thing is with Supernatural, they've always played with, is this destiny? No, it's free will. No, it's destiny. No, it's free right. will. And I mean, the name of the episode, I mean, band name aside, is Destiny's Child. I'm a survivor. <laughs> right. And if Jack is Destiny's Child, then... And also, free will may not even apply to him. He's not a human being. Also true. He doesn't really count. Right. So, yeah. for all we know, this has been, he is a, a literally Destiny's child. Like, he is the one that will bring balance he to everything. Highlander. Yeah. Or Neo. I mean, they kind of hinted at it and then turned it into a joke when they said, uh, who's going to replace Amara and Chuck? And they Jack. looked at Jack, and he popped his the bubble, and you're like, no. 
but they did hint at it. So yeah. we, we could, in fact, be going in that direction. This is something we've been talking about for almost two Oof. years yeah. now, yeah. saying that yeah. that is definitely something they could do. It would make a lot of sense, especially when we saw how remorseful he was. There's a reason why he's getting his soul back. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can assume that uh, in order for him to defeat God, he has to have this soul. Uh, maybe there's a, a purity to it. Uh, he can't fight God if he lacks a soul. There's something very poetic about that. To it. Um, he has to be pure of heart. I mean, that's why yeah. the serpent talks to him and says, who are you? Like, wh- wh- who are what are you? Who are you really? I believe right. is what he asked. So there was a, a, a it seemed like there was a moment there where the serpent was judging him. It felt very like like Greek like mythology. Egyptian. Yeah. Like there was gods, the gods are weighing your worth. Are Weigh you, your soul? Are you worthy? Your sins to, against your deeds. Right. Are you worthy well, to? That's that's very to hold much, this type of power. It's, yeah. It's very much underworld, like underworldish, or 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 um, because I like the the uh, Egyptian god Anubis would weigh your soul mm-hmm. before right. you were able to go into the underworld. So it's very much, very very much, you know, kind of that weird mythology of like you know, even more ancient than Judeo Christian. Yeah. So I, I, it's very interesting that they went that route. I, I still with Thomas. I want to know who the fuck the snake was. The snake was probably the most interesting thing to me. The little yeah. girl was like some sort of that was just kind of there avatar, like. or or I was like, okay, you know, Adam and Eve. There had to be some sort of human, but like the right. snake has always Lucifer has always been referred to as the snake in the garden, right. the yeah. one who tempted that was him, the yeah. one who imbued knowledge to Eve, and we, that sin. You have to remember, Barons gave everyone a way out, all the writers and Dab a way out when it comes to explaining things. The serpent can just be some type of evolutionary thing that took root within the within the Garden of Eden because it became a part of the framework. When God left, if you remember what Mm -hmm. Barons had written in the previous episode, things just happened because they needed to carry on without God's presence. So for all we know, this Eden continued to thrive and it developed its own balance between and the this, light of the little girl in the white dress and the snake. Right. So if this is just a part of the framework, part of the natural progression or evolution of the cosmos, I, I don't re- really balance. think we... Well, you know, maybe it could be that. One thing that... Uh, uh, crazy theory that came into my mind was, okay, if Chuck is the only one who's been able to create a soul or has been, it's been attributed to him, and Amara feeds on souls. It seems like they're both dependent or or use them in some way. And yet the garden where humanity shouldn't be and is key to Chuck's downfall is the only place that can restore a soul. I almost wondered if this is because where did Chuck and Amara come from? They've only ever said that they were always there, but they're frankly liars and vague as fuck. Right. Could this be some sort of birthplace of everything? The the, you know, primordial ooze if you will of chronos the cosmos we talked about chronos and abraxas and and original life things. and that's why it's locked away to and humanity. maybe that's why chuck can die maybe that's why humanity well, is a, a chosen cool one wow, maybe like that's this. why amara and chuck are a balance yeah. and here in this pocket universe dimension that no one but the chosen are allowed to go to i mean that could be fucking their mom well, for all the reason know. why chuck Hit it away exactly yeah. because he knew it could because it could just be like Voldemort, you hide your weakness. Your what if he crux. goes back and that serpent weighs his worth, and, and that's he's how he not dies. worthy. 
Because he, he, he he's taken of his power. At this point, you almost I I would believe Jack could kill Chuck because of Nephilim power and the power of Winchester. Right. Yes, but you'd it's almost too easy. it's too easy. Yeah, but having some other entity, something else beyond. Because in a way, even if we go meta with it for a second, follow me on this crazy path down the oh, rabbit hole. We're, we're already there, already. We're oh, hanging yeah. out. If we're Chuck right is you. if Chuck is Dab, the false god, the creator who fucked everything up, and Kripke, oh. who left a long time ago, was the original. Someone else should be the one to metaphorically take him down and judge your worth. And the frame and you have not been Dab. worthy. And someone new, Jack, <laughs> innocence, the fans, the future of this whole thing will be the ones to carry it on once you are gone. Like, you could go a whole meta route with this thing since we've already been doing that all season long. Damn. And then like you it. could still reuse the element of wrap up the supernatural then, too. Because Chuck or Jack, now in control, now the one worthy, can fix all these problems. And he, Chuck's biggest downfall is that he doesn't have a soul. But now Jack, who is right and wrong, has done terrible and saved people can accurately judge humanity, maybe accurately be the next person in line to father creation or something to that effect. Well, like, to you go can go right really fucking that. down this route. To go right along with insane, that, he though. is literally the combination of light and dark. That like, too. his mom was so pure and so wonderful, and then... Lucifer. You know, <laughs> Lucifer, for whatever reason, this twisted, evil thing... Yeah. I mean, it could be it could be a very like uh, Chuck in season five was very ambiguous as to whether it was very obvious he was God to a lot of people, but still ambiguous enough to lead people to question. You could go down that same route here where despite all the answers Sam and Dean have gotten, you're never going to know everything about how the universe ticks. And it would also seem to fix the fact that death is some entity that's more powerful than God, but also it's separate from and who writes these books. These, these these things just happen on their own. How much of this is Chuck's own folly of having to put himself in the machine or how much of this is he's a petulant child as well? Well, I'm glad you kind of brought that up because that was one of the things that I was confused about in the episode is when Billy said that he wove himself into the fabric of this world. Mm -hmm. I, but somebody explain that to me because he loved it so much. It took so much of his power because it was the first like how is he woven it's into the fabric to of that this world but not all the others? Well, it's alluded to that if any of the worlds, like a, like if you're playing to pretend, if you were a kid playing pretend with your toys, they only had life so long as you were there interacting with them. And when you went away, they were, you know, inanimate objects on the ground. Right. It seemed to be kind of alluded to that if the universe, any of these worlds were to continue on and move on independent of Chuck whenever he got bored, he had to put some sort of life, death, birth, decay thing in place that would move on without him there so that it wouldn't just be stagnant in a way. And it's there's also, it's, it's literally a, a cosmic evolution. There's, there's a cosmic evolution. It's element. what it is. There's a Stephen King, you know, stories take a life of their own. Okay. Dark so tower does that mean element. That he's slowly dying? He's killing himself by killing all these other worlds. Cause they continued on without him. I don't know. And it's, it's yet to be hundred percent cleared up. And that's why the garden could be one of the most interesting elements of this season. And one of the ones where when I look at this season as a whole, I'm like, this needed to be pushed up a little bit 
not so much faffing about in the first half. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, A.B., you brought up the fact it, this could all be a bunch of smoke and mirrors by the writers just to get Jack's soul fixed and never be relevant again. And I'm as hoping painful it's not. as that might be, I hope it's not that because that'll be Asmodeus too. But unfortunately, um, the trend is that we've seen is that that's what we get with Dab. We get this really yeah. cool, like, holy shit, this is what they're doing. You know what this means? I'm like, oh, oh you nothing. know what? We just need to move the plot forward and we're not going to go back to that. Yeah, because I can definitely see this being part of Billy's plan. It's, it's like, you know, a light bulb moment. Oh, he's ha- woven into the fabric I, of all this world. I hope so. I hope so. If we piss him off and he to... kills them all, then he's slowly diminishing himself, not realizing Maybe. it. This this has to be part of her plan. Or it, like Mike just said, if they do the, the whole, you know, they went there and then they never go back to this on why he went there. It will be an absolute travesty. Like this has to be a part of her plan or it's going to confuse the fuck out of a lot yeah, of people. It's part of her plan for Jack to get his soul back. Yeah. It has to be more. There has to be. Dude. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It doesn't because it never has been before. Aww. I hope it is from a fan standpoint, the from soul, a narrative standpoint, the, the thing it with, should be. The thing with Supernatural, though, is the soul in all 15 seasons of Supernatural, the soul has been such a huge plot point for everything that we've ever done. Souls are so powerful in the world of Supernatural. And for it to for him to get his soul back, it has to be a huge, huge deal, at least in my opinion, because of the 15 years yeah. we've gone through with seeing mm-hmm. that souls mean a lot. Yeah. Well, that was so, the other aspect of this that made me question things. Like when, when Jack got his soul back, I was thinking to myself, this seem this the idea of the soul that you feel things when he was having that conversation with castiel good and bad and joy and sorrow and all these things feels like such a much more beautiful concept than something the dickhead chuck we've seen would spend the time to create and so when the garden healed him I, that kind of led some credibility in my mind to my weird ass theory of what if he's not responsible for the soul what if this is something beyond even god's powers or something like that yeah, because it he, seems well, like he wouldn't be the one to put the time into it. I don't even want to bring this up because I feel like this is another plot hole. And I really <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I don't God, I don't want to do this. But you know the only other person who's been able to retrieve a soul and put it back in a body? Death. Death. I and mean if this, if this was all to get Jack's soul back. Couldn't she have just done it? Yeah. Well, he burned it up, so maybe it was different okay. versus no, just being was, trapped he in was hell. In, he was in heaven with Kelly, wasn't he? No, he went straight he, to the empty. Yeah, he burned it up straight. Yeah, He he visited her for a half second okay. when he died originally. And then when he started burning through his soul to use his mm-hmm. powers is when he then died and went to the empty at so the end of 14. So Billy can just show up in the empty and have big, long chats about their strategy, but yeah, you can't yank him out and... Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, because it's a difference then. Yeah. Okay. So death gave, he retrieved Sam's soul from right? hell. Yes. From hell. This is different. Jack had no soul. It was destroyed. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's why so the garden ended such up a, in the empty. His Jack's consciousness, body, his angelic half rather than oh. his human portion. Yeah. That does, Mind make, blast. That does make Eden like, all the more interesting ridiculously powerful yeah and that's i hope to god they do it dude I, they need to but i think it'll it'll be fine i hope so i don't think it's gonna be as 
dynamic as we are making it out to be, but it has gotta not. it's gotta amount to something. But I, I did appreciate this episode overall in terms of style as well. Uh, the garden was interesting mostly because it reminded me a lot of the going down the rabbit hole vibe that we all love. Yeah. And yeah. it felt a lot like the dark side of the moon episode from season five. Yeah, one of my favorites. Back when heaven wasn't so literal and it was it wasn't so literal. Yes, it wasn't so tangible. It was yeah. metaphorical, you, you know, and that's what I got from this. There were it just brought back that old Kripke era idea of heaven and hell. And that's abstract. one it's very abstract. And that's one of the reasons that I really like this episode because it felt like a true episode of supernatural despite the clutter and the mm-hmm. and the uh, messy writing it did feel like an episode a true episode of supernatural a classic episode if you, you know yeah that's a great point that you brought up mike and I, that is something that has bothered me for well, quite a while but i don't really touch on it too much is that like you said in kripke's era it was very abstract heaven was this place of memories and you didn't even remember transporting from one place to another but there you were somewhere else someone else's heaven and only ash had figured out how to like jump between them and then as the years moved on we have it as like an actual place with corridors and doors and a lighting system that flickers like who's the engineer or the the janitor who changes the bulbs like it, it took away some of the some of the fantastical supernatural elements some of the fantasy from the, it the mystery the mystery well. yeah yeah and this episode brought, brought it, it back yeah it was great and it, it was you know even though we are now on another helatus for a bit it was what a, i know well listen to the pre-show are we gonna call it uh corona atus corona oh, anus corona anus corona anus i like that i like corona anus corona eight no atus i Corona anus. Corona anus. Yeah, I like corona anus. Okay, corona anus. Corona anus. There we go. We're going to hashtag it. (laughs) Hashtag corona anus. You know what the sad thing is? Is I bet if you hashtag it and click on it, there's someone that put a corona bottle up their anus. I guarantee you that's a thing. (laughs) I will guarantee that's out there somewhere. A drunk night in Rocky Point. Yep. Oh, let me see if I can get this up my butt. Oh, I guarantee that's what it is. Why? Why does it got to be from the South? I wonder. <laughs> hey, listen, my family's from the uh-huh. South. Yeah, mine Real too. South. Far South. <laughs> Orderly. All right. Now, whether or not we go to Corona Anus 2, Revenge of the Reckoning of the Butthole, you know, it it sucked, but was also a nice moment to end on that emotional note with Jack, to end Look. on yeah. the heart felt moment that makes this show so important to so many of us him just in true mourning which we hadn't seen since the death of mary that we hadn't seen even this kind of emotion from him since he killed michael and to have that you know alexander calvert did a great job bringing that across it was very hard to watch him feel all that pain yeah. so like rapidly all at once. And the worst part too, to see Sam and Dean not immediately forgive or hug him, oh. which you know they couldn't at that point for but the, the narrative. The, the, but the, it, the, but fuck, it man. was it was good to show them like oh shit, like it, the realization they didn't of, realize it. They yeah. didn't realize at first. You know he has his soul back. Why is he so bent up? And it was really watching it dawn on Dean. I think was yes. the best part. For me, at least, you know, when when Castiel says, oh, he has his soul back and to watch him figure it out, figure it out and then have 
have um, Jack look at him and, and just like, how could I not feel that? Like he says that, like, how could I not feel bad for this? And to see Dean realize it was the best part of that entire moment. Like, holy shit, you know, like it, it hit him. And it, I think if they had let that, that scene go a little bit longer, I think it would have, they would have been like, oh my God. But I think it was, they ended it at the right spot. I agree. It reminded me, <clears throat> I mean, him whispering, whispering, mm-hmm. can you forgive me? It yeah, it was, awesome. was just, it hit me so hard. Mm-hmm. And it really reminded me of the scene of um, back when Rowena, when she was killing Reapers to try to get Billy's attention because she wanted Crowley back. Yeah. And at the end of that episode, she is literally on a heap, on her knees, mm-hmm. just crying it Sorrow. out. I mean, holy crap. You want to talk about heartfelt. These moments don't come along very often normally in in a show like this, and especially from characters who aren't our main stars. You know, these are side characters that can still bring the emotion into the moment where you're sitting there with your mouth open, feeling what they're showing you. Yeah, it's great. Is a strong moment. And, you know, in traditional supernatural Winchester single man tier ways, it hurt, but we loved watching it at the same time. And I, I think that was the bigger thing that we had been kind of missing for a while. Jack not having his soul. And more importantly, the the lack of reaction to Mary's death in the very beginning. We all talked about how it felt like sudden and lackluster and Barons came to the rescue to fix that in season 14 it was nice to see them react to that and and something that they were kind of just sweeping under the rug you know oh mary was in heaven with your dad and it's totally cool now and we're not going to worry about it you know he even forgave castiel at this point and now it's back in his thrown back in their face you know that pain is all of a sudden real again I liked that. I thought that was a great moment and it was a strong way to go on a second fucking break. Yeah, that's that's why it's a good call, because we don't know when we would have another moment like that. Ending of like a very ending it on a high. Yeah, essentially. So, I mean, because if we would have went on a Corona Atis break and it was just a filler episode, it would have sucked. Yeah, we would have been all pissed. Now everyone's yeah. excited again. This almost know. felt like a mini uh, mid-season break. Dude, this yes. felt like more of a mid-season break than the mid-season break. Well, who wrote the real mid-season break? Yeah. Who wrote it? No, say it. Go Baron. ahead. Baron. No. <laughs> I wish. Who wrote it? Wasn't it them? Who wrote it? Brad Buckner? No. I honestly don't dad. remember now. It was, was it Dad who did the all, midseason? The showrunners always write the midseason. Yeah, because they like to they like to stroke themselves right before they go to break. Hey guys, remember I'm the best. Oh, I'm the coolest. I'm gonna, guy I'm gonna leave you no, with a they, memory you won't forget. They wrote yeah. Brad Buckner and Eugene Ross Lemming wrote episode eight of oh, this season. Oh, did they? Yeah. Well, fuck. Oh. Like, fuck you, Mike. Well, fuck me, <laughs> dumbass. Yeah, I gave up. He's a this guy in the vatted, and then I just got tired. He, I, he I, dropped to two episodes: the premiere and the finale. I, I think I got coronavirus. I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> I don't. I just think that's just because you're fat. No, I think I got corona. Okay, sure. Mm. All right. Mm. Sure <laughs> well, you did. While Dab jerks off or eats a pizza, one of these, I, I don't know. <laughs> that sound right there. That's maybe awesome. the same time. I gotta be kind of get it. We're going to take a quick... I can't even understand half the thing you're fucking saying. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. 
And we'll be right back to discuss Sam and Dean, Joe, and the alternate versions of them in just a minute. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Roll the dice. I love eating radiation-infested fish. It may add an extra couple inches to my penis. Why do we gotta die from stuff? Like, why can't, like, a disease cause something like like your dick getting bigger? Hey, listen, if you get coronavirus, your dick might swell. The new triple dick disease. Like that's a thing. It's never a thing. That should be a thing. I know, but it's that's not. That, I believe that's elephantitis. Uh, you know, like exclusively uh, of the peen. Oh uh, well, if, if it's there, then you know, like uh, then I guess you know, like uh, that would be a good disease. That is true. Thank there, you. There's no- <laughs> a lot of you knows and to get to the exact same thing Thomas just said. <laughs> You see, I think I already qualify for being elderly now. Yeah. Will I be useful to the network if all of a sudden I come in and I suffer Alzheimer's or like some sort of Parkinson's? You know, yeah, of course, you're never leaving. Okay, you're you not gonna, you're not going to have the opportunity, Tony. So if I if I suffer dementia immediately, like right now, you're staying in that chair. Oh, and we're going to just we're going to tell <laughs> you time traveled. <laughs> The Rain Man Show, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. Head over to RainmanDigitalMedia.com for more details, or search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Star Wars from the Bucket Tank exclusive. That thing's operational. How many times does the Colossus have to so be have trouble I, with fuel? So am I assuming that the next, you know, the entire first half of the season is going to be about them getting supplies. What is this? The Walking Dead season four where every Apparently. Episode, every episode they're getting supplies yeah. and then the person that went to go get supplies got lost and eaten so they send someone else to go look for the guy that got eaten plus they need to get supplies and then that person's <laughs> lost and eaten so they send another person to go get supplies. I'm serious. The Walking Dead season four did that about 20 times. times. Yeah. I'm going through deja vu here. <laughs> Think about it. What, our last couple episodes, what are the things that they've been doing? They've been trying to get supplies for what? The Colossus. We need food. Let's go hunt Can down the giant just bring IG-11 in and self-destruct <laughs> this fucking shit? <laughs> and, like, what did IG-11 say in Mandalorian? Oh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I shall initiate self-destruct. Yeah. Can we just fucking do that to the show? <laughs> I think Justin Rich should just come into the writing room and just no, 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 lay no. back and say, you know what? I'm going to initiate self-destruct. <laughs> Star Wars from the Back to Tank, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. Head over to RainmanDigitalMedia.com for more details or search for it wherever you listen to your podcast. That is correct. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free 
free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural, the crossroads. Now we're going to be talking about the other part of this episode, the other, the less than interesting stuff compared to the Garden of Eden, compared to the return of Jack's soul. And that is Sam and Dean tracking down Joe and the entire MacGuffin aspect of this find the occultum. Now, unfortunately, this entire bit was kind of what hurt the episode in a lot of ways. It it felt un necessary it felt like it cluttered things yeah go ahead i fucking hate sergey (laughs) good thing he wasn't in the episode Uh, that's where they got the information from (laughs) so you just you just like hate the guy that's on the phone because he want his name like don't even mention his name look i'm not kidding why would you call him up the phone and says that was sergey and i was like fuck yeah He's rage-inducing because he's never been helpful to them ever. He's only ever betrayed them. So I'm like, stop calling him, Cass. You just don't like him because he looks like you. Oh, Like me? No. No, he's talking to me. me. Talking about Thomas. I got to go kill myself now. Isn't that what, Ryan's the one who said that a few months ago. Yeah, I mean, I. I, With the four chins. Remember you said. Yeah, yeah, but Ryan says stuff that rolls off your back. Like you say something. He's like, oh, it might be real. Thomas' Russian accent is better than Sergei's. That's very true. Yeah, go ahead and play Sergey for a second for us. Play, yeah. play Sergey for a bit. See, oh. he, does a, he does a pretty good job. Keep going. Where can I find the occultum, Sergey? Castiel, my friend. Where can I find it? Up your own ass. Okay. <laughs> it must be inside you. Oh. He really does kind of look like you if you had long hair. Oh, you cuck. He had long hair. I mean, why don't you now strangle him like Eileen? See if he can. Oh, come on, Eileen. <laughs> Jokes on you. I afford shin defense. <laughs> oh, dude, that actor was a fan of our show. Dude, okay. We now all used to be like, fuck these guys. Fuck them. I'm, I'm here saying I need to lose weight. We're all in that boat. Oh, don't right. try to fix it now. You're, yeah. you're all right. Fuck it. I, I do agree, though, A.B., he's a character who's like, don't go to him. He's only ever been a problem for you. But and, and that also him being part of the reason and Joe being part of the reason and Ruby's part of the reason. Mm-hmm. It was unnecessary. It was it was a way in which we forced characters to show up. And honestly, you didn't even need the Sergey, but why couldn't Joe's information have been good you didn't enough even to need go the off Joe of? information if they no. want to bypass this entire thing? And made Sam and Dean more relevant to Kaz and Jack's side of the story. They should have only had to track down Ruby. Right. And that would have been fine. The Joe thing, unless the Joe and Ruby thing become something important. The fact that they were working together pre-apocalypse. If that actually matters to what's going on. If Kaz actually goes back to the empty to rescue Ruby because of some plan that she may have and she's convinced him to do so, which would be silly. But let's say he does. Let's say he does. A all of this move. needs to matter. We're 
this is the final season of Supernatural, episode 13. Why would we include Ruby? Why do we why would we include Joe? Why do we well, create this backstory? Have them go on the side mission? Because let's be honest, the side mission this week was Sam and Dean yeah. going to hell for mm-hmm. no effing reason. Whereas the main story, story A, was Kaz and Jack. So when you take everything Jensen or uh, Sam and Dean were doing, it's just kind of irrelevant. It didn't really matter. Even Kaz knew it was irrelevant. Don't go to her. You can't trust her. You need to go to the source. Go to Ruby. And when that happened, you just look back at what Sam and Dean were doing in the episode, and none of it really mattered. And that's why, on paper, this episode's garbage. Luckily... Because of the vibes and the feels and the the comedic aspect, it, it saved the episode. Well, well thing I will is- say this, though. <clears throat> it did point out that the more trustworthy of the two was the demon and not the angel. True. If and that's- that, if that means something, then fine. That's been something if, that they've kind of played with. If it doesn't with. mean something, then we already know that. Right. right. That's something they've played with for a long time. You know, Castiel's the only angel they've ever really trusted. They've trusted Crowley and Ruby. So right there, that's two for <laughs> compared to one. Right. Uh, the other thing, though, is like if they had closed out Joe's storyline in this one. Right. Or brought Ruby back for some reveal that would have ramifications and close out Joe's story, like some double betrayal thing. If there was something more to it, Joe is literally there to say, hey, misdirection. Right. And because Sergey gives them the actual information and Ruby gives them the actual location. So they didn't need jack shit from Joe. Truthfully. Well, I mean, they did get the hint that Ruby was the one that had stashed the thing. True, but in a slight rewrite of the script, Sergei could have said that a certain black-haired demon, right. circa 2009, it, it would was, have been the one who exactly. helped his son, but then his son mysteriously died 10 years later right. because he made a fucking deal like all crossroad demons do, which is what Ruby was. Yeah. Well, that's so. that's why this episode felt like, to me, it felt like... It was an episode already planned out on the whiteboard. It was a story that they already that they already had broke. It mm-hmm. was going to be about the Garden of Eden and Kaz tracking down someone who knew about it. And then they filled in who. And then they realized, well, wait a second. We need to continue this farewell tour. Let's mm-hmm. bring Joe and Ruby back. Well, how are we going to do this since we already have the story figured out for episode 13? Well, let's shoehorn it in. Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like. It felt like they went back and rewrote an episode that was already complete and they just added this miscellaneous stuff. And that's why it feels cluttered. Yeah. I know well, how to break down a script and been, it, it would have been really easy to shoot because you know, Joe's scenes didn't take very long. Ruby's scenes didn't take very long and it didn't like the characters didn't cross over. It was Cass and Ruby or the boys and Joe. Well, that's I mean, in thing. all actuality, you didn't even need any of them. You didn't need Ruby and you didn't need Joe. It's all just distraction. Kaz could have been on the phone with Sergey. Sergey could have said, hey, yada, 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 this is what I know of the occultum. Boom. 
This is where you can find it. And then the episodes about them tracking it down. Yeah. It was just a bunch of fluff well, for no reason. Or if you really wanted to tie this back to your fucking season narrative, why not have it in Lilith's chambers from the first three episodes that Belphegor was so yeah. hot and bonered to get right. into? Because she had it. Because Lilith and Ruby had a deal. That's right. the whole plot of season four's finale. But guys, then Daniil and, and the other, I don't even know the other girl's name, Genevieve. wouldn't have shown up at all in the episode. And that's where fan wants and that's farewell tours start to hurt things because you easily could have woven this into Belphegor and Lilith, Lilith's return and yep. the deal Ruby made with Lilith and Joe could have just been some angel that led them down or even she could have even been the one that told them what the occultum was because she's a fucking angel and might actually know. I'd believe that. Right. You yeah. know, but well, instead it it's just making Belphegor's storyline important. A little bit, at least. It just yeah. it was just poorly written to have these characters in it, rather than how do we use these characters should've, in a logical way to the best could've. of their abilities. Yeah, shoulda, okay. woulda, coulda. So but before we start bashing not. all of the characters that came back, can I just say I fucking loved Meg? Yeah. <laughs> you can say it, but what point did she serve? She was the empty. Why? Just like, <laughs> like, we, 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 like I, I don't have a problem with with having Meg come back. She was an awesome character, but why her? Why her of all because people? Because she was going with the demon theme. Okay, but hold on a second. Think about <laughs> this: the empty knows what Kaz is looking for. Why would he not just represent himself as Ruby because rather that than have be too much work? I don't know. Because. <laughs> Because it would have been a because way. Because it would have meant that you couldn't see Meg one last time right. in the no, final season. Damn it, give it to me. I love Rachel Miner as Meg. <laughs> I think that's. Don't the, shit on all of them. That's I know, the listen, thing. I love all these characters, but they had their place. But the thing is, too, Joe's the only one I don't care about because who, like, no one has. Yeah. There's only one Joe. Like, don't get me wrong. Right. I got a big old nostalgia boner when I saw Ruby. I got happy. I loved her character. Yeah. I thought she was awesome. And how they used her in this episode was fine. Yeah. I, I didn't have a problem with her. Everything, no, she was fine. Everything else just felt a little shoehorned in. You can bring back characters and have a farewell tour, but make sure they truly mean something to the episode when we're dealing with episode 13. And listen, I can take Meg being there as the empty. I'm not going to shit on it, on it and say it was for no reason. Listen, fan service is a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the episode was, for the most part, enjoyable, I, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying, hey, we're breaking down the script. And from yeah. a script standpoint, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. Why? Just to fuck with Kaz, maybe, I guess. Well, again, I think there there could have been a stronger way in which to bring you want to bring Meg back. Fine. We can do that. We can do anything. It's it's it, there's this piece of writing advice. I think I've said on the show before. How do you kill a vampire? Oh, garlic, wooden steak. No, you kill a vampire however the fuck you want because vampires don't exist. It's not a real thing. Right. We yeah, can you... come up with whatever we want. Mm -hmm. It's just Ruby would have made more sense for the empty at that point, and Meg could have been a different yeah. send off, a different moment. There was no real need for her to just be a skin suit almost. I, at I that have point. said from the very beginning of this season that I would be perfectly fine with bringing back all their old enemies. Yeah. And, and that was allies. a great idea. Yeah, We talked about that. I, so I have nothing against that. Just make sure they're truly vital to the, uh, I want to see Meg come back because Meg should come back. Not because she's the 
outfit of the day. When you have an episode with three characters from the past, or let, 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 no, two, two, yeah. Ruby and then Meg, and then you have Joe, who we all know who she is. She's the actor is Jensen's wife. So we know who that person is. We right. know who Ruby is. It's Genevieve Padalecki. Okay. Jared's wife. We all know Rachel Miner. He's a fan favorite. Suddenly, I am taken from the show. I'm supposed to be watching a TV show about Sam and Dean Winchester trying to save the cosmos. And when all I can see in front of me is fan service, it does pull you out. That's why you have to weigh fan service versus your story. How much am I going to do to give to the fans in terms of nostalgia Mm -hmm. without distracting from the main story? It's very distracting when you know why these people are here. That's the frustrating part. Mm-hmm. It's not that she wasn't fun to see. And I think that's also part of why the episode was enjoyable. It's just that from a writing standpoint, we would have liked it to mean something. And Sam and Dean even should have meant something like they were just kind of strangely. They were the irrelevant side plot to this episode because Jack has the major character growth element and Castiel is the one with the thinking head. And they were the dumbed, brain. and they were dumbed down, and I don't like that. Like they had to be told that Joe was mis uh, untrustworthy. Is untrustworthy. Yeah, yeah, we know. We're gonna go Lucifer's do it anyways. Bestie. What? I don't You're like. You're kidding me. I don't like when writers dumb down actors or characters. characters in order to push the plot forward. And that's another right. thing that I saw in the script. Let's make them dumb. So that we can do this over here. And they're anything well, but dumb. Well, not even I, make them dumb. Make them make dumb decisions. Right. Which right? is even dumber, hey, strangely. you can't trust Joe. Yeah, we know. Hey. Let's do it anyway. This just feels like a anybody. trap. Yeah, I know. Is this the second trap this episode that we fell into, guys? Yes. Shuck them up. We're silly. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they felt more like fictional characters than the alternate versions of them. <laughs> you know what, though? Like, I can see it from the other side, though. Like, yes, it's dumb for to make them fall into traps. But it's Sam and Dean, and they go, "Oh, this is a trap," and then they whoop the shit out of them. Like, it, 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 yes, I, I, but but that's but, a problem no, 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 too. Listen, listen, them making stupid decisions, like the joke is, like Death said last episode, that sounds like a stupid Winchester thing, right? That's right. different. Them knowingly walking to a trap because they have no alternative—that's Sam and Dean, yeah. right? It's the fact that they don't think like Kaz. When Kaz says, "Go directly to the source," let me go find ruby right that should have been what they, they came should up have with. said yeah. you're right because right. that's the, yeah. those are the decisions sam and dean have made in the past They're, this is the same dean that drank phoenix ashes in a shot to trick eve into death right and now he's just like i guess i have to trust joe who i've never had a reason to yeah it's fucking stupid yeah and you're right because the two traps that they fell into they were they were very different the first one was like ryan said where they were like yeah this feels like a trap right, yeah and they kicked their, you know, kicked everybody's ass and got out of it. The second one, though, was, yeah, this is a trap. But if it hadn't have been the balling, glowing snitch that was Jack that happened, they would have all have been dead. Yeah, right. But dead. that's that's also where some of the inconsistencies in this episode bother me because. All right, so these hellhounds have what? Been hanging around for 10 years on Ruby's command? I think we're kind of nitpicking a bit now. I know we are, but Castiel should have been able to smite those things, no problem. It shouldn't have even been a threat. The demons that kicked Sam and Dean's ever-living ass when when Rowena was queen a couple of episodes ago, 
now are the same ones who get yeah, that's, ganked in five seconds. Listen, so yeah, not to take away the validity of that statement. No, it's uh, we got. This is it's why I don't like bringing up negativity because once I bring up something, it's just a floodgate, <laughs> and I don't I don't want to nitpick the episode because we could do that with literally everything. Well, the bigger question from all of that stuff, regardless of whether or not Sam or Dean made the right decision, was is Cass going to make good on his promise, attempted promise to Ruby? Or will this be the thing that gets him trapped in the empty for all of eternity? You know, I just chalked it up. He's getting he's getting chucked in the empty for all of eternity. That's less interesting, truthfully, because I, I don't see him having the ability to pull off what she's asking. But it's no, more I that, don't either. Yeah. And I don't think that that's how he's going to end up trapped in the empty simply because the empty seems just vindictive enough that he, they're going to wait until he's happy. Like they even right. brought that up this episode. I'm far from happy, so I don't have to worry about being stuck here. Right. How in the world would getting Ruby out of the empty make him happy, so happy that he would then be stuck in the empty? No, I just see the empty, you know, going against its word at that point if he showed up again. Because obviously it was pissed off that he showed up again now. But the bigger question, regardless of Ruby's ultimate fate, is have they sort of retconned what the empty is in this episode? Because they had previously said... It's almost the polar opposite. It's like literally the polar opposite. It's literally the polar opposite. It used to be an emptiness, a place of nothing, where nothing exists, nothing has memories, nothing matters anymore. In fact, I believe they literally said that. A place of rest. That the ultimate death that Billy threatens everyone with... No consciousness, nothing. A place of dreams and nothingness. And now... No, not even dreams. There's nothing. I thought they were all... Or no. no, they were all asleep. It was, that was the whole point. That you are... You know nothing. That was the way it was explained. You are asleep and you know of nothing. Yeah. Now, but, suddenly, you get this, this idea that you're dreaming and it's filled with sorrow. And despair and you're reliving these memories in some sort of... That's essentially hell, nightmare. Then. Yeah. Wait, wait, it's a Lovecraftian version I, I of hell. See, I can see the progression of there's nothing there or, you know, and then you woke up the empty. Well, that means everybody there is asleep. And for a demon, I mean, possibly her dreams. It's almost like a self-fulfilling place. You know, who's to say that the angels aren't reliving all of their happiness or whatever you know what i'm saying like i i can see the progression there i didn't really have a problem with that it's it's confusing to me simply because i've seen or heard very different stories now the empty in the very first incarnation says it's a place of nothingness or according to billy you know and then the empty itself was asleep for eternity and now is woken up but then lucifer gets called back from the empty in season 14 by nick was he awake asleep? Did it matter? He got sent back. So it is that still an issue? And now right. Ruby has been asleep for 10 years at least, but remembers being asleep. How does she know what it is if she in the same episode says, where am I? Changing. They're changing what the empty was originally conceived as. Yeah. That, that's why. And when you do, that's why you can't do that. You just can't do that. Once you set something up as important as the empty the afterlife of angels and demons you need to pretend it's etched in stone yeah because that way you will never run into a mistake like this because to me it was a it was a blinding error 
it was like, wait a second, you guys dream here. This is basically the whole point was it was a different place. The idea of heaven and hell for humans is is the idea of an afterlife. Mm -hmm. Okay, the whole point of angels and demons is there is nothing afterwards. That's what they've said. So the point of empty. Right. Well, the other thing word, the empty. The other thing is none of them have ever alluded until Billy's the only one who alluded to the empty. So then I start getting more questioning because Ruby wakes up and says, where am I? And he's like, you're in the empty. You're dead. And she's like, I know. I'm like, then why did you ask? Yeah, it, yeah. If you knew where you are and what this place is and what you've been dreaming about, then why did you ask? Where are you? Yeah. And li- listen, I'm not <laughs> I don't want to sound like a nitpicky douchehead here because if, head. if this was something like 13, 14 years ago, I would, I'd let I it would slide. shrug and, and, and say, like, well, you know, it's been 10 years. But this is stuff from like two or three years ago. Two. You should definitely have all of this, you know, remembered. You should definitely have it all mapped out and you should understand it. It's Your something you did. You did it two or three years ago. Yeah. And that's where I, I get annoyed by that because, again, like you said, these weren't things that were introduced 10 years ago with Kripke or, or eight years ago with Carver's first season. It's something you guys did just last year was touched okay, on. But can I make the point of if he made it up, can't he also change his own canon? He can, and they've done that. You just need some semblance of what's true with that line of thinking um let's say you have a writer writing a novel and he wrote 25 pages and he set up a character with brown hair and blue eyes then suddenly in the next chapter he now has blonde hair and gray eyes that's horrible that's like the continuity doesn't work Eh, it's my story so i'm just gonna change it halfway through like it's the exact same thing you still have to have a logic behind why you change things you can't just change it because hey I did it earlier. It well, doesn't, it doesn't yeah. make a lot of but sense doing this, that. Couldn't this be, uh, to go back to your example, um, finding out that they took off a wig and contacts and their real hair is blonde and their eyes are gray. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, yes. I'm not, I'm okay. Not, yes. Now I'm really not trying to be a smart ass, but I'm no, no, I no, get no that's what actually I actually, a fair point because you right there, if he did, he had a wig, you explained it. So if Dab wants to re-explain why he's changing the empty, go ahead. Then let's do it. If we find, let's say we don't, Look, all let's say, say we weren't privy to all of this. Right. Let's say which that's viable. That's right. uh, that's believable. We can believe that we just didn't know enough about the empty. I would buy that. We damn sure know but, that Billy look, only look, tells you what she. Thinks all they she have to do here's 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 how you fix this. All you have to do is say that time passes weird in the empty. Okay. And that she's been awake for right. how what we think is three years seemed like an eternity right that's and, all you have to do but that's the problem with dab's run is because they do a lot of these things where you change things and they don't bother trying to explain it you can change things all day long look yeah. look at the alphas look what the alphas did during gamble's right? run that's what completely I was thinking, retconned monsters completely changed what we knew but there was a reason behind that change dab doesn't try to explain things about changes he just goes they're very lazy about how they introduce a lot of things there's a lot of um there's a lot of jumping logic and not really explaining the in between it's like he goes from a to z and skips everything in between because the same thing with um with alternate sam and dean the Mm -hmm. douche sam and dean i'm like okay so now you guys are just assuming how to open a portal to a pocket dimension that's inside like, where did you get this knowledge? 
Yeah. Like, like, so listen, well, the grace. It doesn't have to be a full door to another dimension. So it doesn't have to be Archangel Grace. Grace. And listen, that's fine. But why? Like, it's like throwing a dart at like a giant wall and hitting it right on target. Mm -hmm. And your eyes are closed and there's someone spinning you around and you just came up with a solution. Well, again, there is no backing for you to come to that conclusion. How did Sam and Dean say, Oh, you know what? Well, Archangel Grace opens a portal to alternate realities, but you know what? So let's just use Angel Grace from Kaz and maybe we can open up this this little portal to the in-between. Like, how do they get there and how do they figure that out logically? Because they're Sam and Dean, I don't, bro. I don't have penicillin, so Advil should work. It's the same logic. Right. And the thing is, it bothers me. Th- those dude. are things that's never, that's never been an issue with Supernatural. We see a lot of lazy decisions like that where they don't bother explaining anything. They just come up with it. Like, for example, um, Castiel just, hey, you know what? The Empty is this place that no one knew about. But, hey, you know what? I think if I halfway kill myself... <laughs> Okay, now go, go, go. Stay, stay with this. He's stay with me here, dead. guys. Stay with me, guys. I've never heard of the empty until a couple years ago. Know nothing of its magic, but I think if I kill myself partially, I might be able to control my consciousness to step through. Uh huh. Like, how did he come up with that? That's cool, and I love it. I think the idea works. But why couldn't he read something? Sergey told him something. There's a there's a riddle that tells him a half or dead the angel. There, dude. Between the half dead angel could be the gateway to the empty. Something. The answer's right there. Where well, are he they? Could even, he could even correlate it to um, the episode where the boys died because they had to talk to a kid ghost or whatever because the reapers were getting killed. I think that was season five. Guys, guys, and- you're overthinking it. They're in the bunker. Which has had Dorothy come from fucking Oz. Yeah. Multiple dimensions that exist. And the men of letters figured out the system. Mm-hmm. Right. We yeah, never even needed Gabriel's grace in season 13. Okay. We're going way back now. <laughs> but that's the thing that could have bothered, that bothered me. Like yeah. we have the answers. They don't have to just guess guys and come up with, well, maybe if we used half as much soap, we'll clean half as many dishes. There's just no <laughs> like, reasoning behind how they got yeah. to a decision. And that's something I, I entirely see, again, new. Again, I can see that because if a if a archangel's grace is so powerful that it can actually open and hold open a door as long as you feed the spell or whatever, then why can a regular angel's grace just crack the door? Like I I was okay with it. I was okay with it too. That's not the point. Right. I believe it. It's believable. But out of all the ways they could do it, that's what they come to. That's the conclusion they come to. Yeah. At a snap of their fingers. There's no line of thought. There's no string of thought to get us there. It's just, oh, what if? Well, why? How? Like, really? And then it works. Yeah. Yeah. And it just always works out, too. I had to turn my brain off, but the episode was enjoyable. But things like this, do, it does it, irk yeah. me. Yeah, it does. It's just, it's just not fully thought out. It's how can we quickly get all of this done in a single episode? Mm-hmm. Whereas things like getting to the empty... Things like opening a partial door to another dimension, like dimension, were things that used to take four or a five season. episodes, you know, yeah. or a season. Now we're figuring things out in five seconds. That's my point. I went to the Tree of Life and I found apples. I picked them up on the way home, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. Is like it, it is just that. It's, it's just it's lazy. Annoying. It's I lazy. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It's just lazy. 
much like yes, douchey yes, Sam yes. and Dean appeared to be. Man, my missing heart rate to 255, so you'd be oh lazy. Oh, my God. You'd Yikes. Be, you'd be lazy, too. Uh, this coronavirus is really helping me stay at home and do nothing. Especially with corona. I don't want to catch it. So I'm staying dumb. <laughs> All right. If I constantly eat, I won't get anything in my mouth and my nose. Uh, be Real quick it. before. <laughs> don't worry. I never touch my face. I usually touch my belly. Oh. <laughs> before we get into our final thoughts, quick notes on Hunter Corp, Douche, Sam, and Dean. I loved it. They were, they were fun. Awesome. I got to say, yeah. it was fun to see them act out these completely. Sam was just douchey enough to where I wanted to hit him. But Dean was oh, fantastic. Wait, did you notice that every time he drank out of the beer bottle, he had his pinky up? Oh, so annoying. I oh, wanted to hit him God. in the mouth. Wait, hold on. Is that not normal? Is that not how you it's drink beer? not normal beer? at all <laughs> oh. for anyone. I like this beer. He, he was such a douche. I, I drink beer that way. <laughs> also, I suck dick that way as well. Just, <laughs> just what? Pinky out. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Let me see if I can get your anus with these. Well, that's why you do it. Is that what it because is? Because you it's, could grip the penis. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like you can do the little. How come the camera's not on you? Oh, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Put the camera. There we go. <laughs> you, yeah, can, yeah, there. you can you can grip yeah. it with your one, two, three fingers and one, two, your threes. and yeah. your thumb. Uh-huh. And then Show the pinky us. is a little. And you joystick it down to. Yeah. It goes right to the butt. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Take my strong hand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I did like. If you, uh... if you position just, just right, right. You just can right. Hit, you could get the tank and the balls. Bu- is it a button or an entrance? Like, what, what are you doing with the pinky? Are you just are you just touching it, or are you going in there? Are you getting in so there? So, Thomas, deep? how close are you to being mad and just throwing something across? I the thought room? she said, "How Thomas, how close are you to coming?" <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got his diapers on. He can't tell. I'm like, I think you guys don't realize some of the anatomy that you're talking about in any it's real a joke, way. Dude. There's no way you can touch an anus. Never mind. Yeah, you can with your with your, <laughs> with your oh, strong wait. hand. With a strong hand. <laughs> A lot of distance to cover. That's like, a lot. Like, that's a big it through. That's think a it short through. Taint, dude. You have to have fingers like tree beard or something. His, okay, you know I'm not going to get into that. The point is, <laughs> I like seeing douche Dean be like this, slowly coming around to their way of thinking. To a normal Dean, yeah, yeah. And how they said, "What the heck?" and they didn't swear, and they're all just, right. It was perfectly it was perfect. douchey, dude. It shows you just moments like this show you how good. Jensen and Jared are as actors yeah. because oh, yeah. uh, douche Dean wasn't even good looking. Like he did. No. He, he was, was his hair was his hair in his face. And it goes to show you it's all bravado, bravado and confidence is what makes somebody good looking. Sometimes not to say Jensen doesn't have great features. He's a good looking dude, but I'm saying anyone with a little bit more confidence and bravado can really look different. Mm-hmm. And that shows you how great Jensen is. Cause he can completely change his body language, the way his face looks with his, the, with the facial expressions. So good. Convincingly an entirely different person. And same thing with Jared. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so good. So All they've right. got to come back, right? I hope they so. have to, they you have can't to. have two Sam and Dean's in this universe. Just in hanging the out. Same earth what if our sam and dean die and then these ones take over no 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 no. do not <laughs> at least it's already been oh, oh well God. there you go i did like the idea that their dad was like some corporate man who came up with this entire business strategy to kill monsters A and corporate planes. man what are you 12 years old <laughs> like, corporate, man. <laughs> corporate man yes i'm corporate man <laughs> i fly through buildings and do your accounting 
I don't think you understand how corporate that would works, be accounted, man. It was a joke. Man. It was, it was, I was, was going to say, that was the whole joke. Jesus Christ. What are you, 12 too? <laughs> damn, I can't make it. Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. All right. Let's 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 wrap this whole discussion up. We'll Final thoughts. Up. I'm janitor man. Ryan. <laughs> don't make me go first. I don't want to go You're going you first. You're going first. Lawnmower man. Oh, oh it is. Wow. <laughs> no, he would be hedge trimmer man. <laughs> Ryan, final thoughts on this episode. I would be border hopper man. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, final thoughts on this episode. I'm going to give this episode <laughs> a, probably a 75. Um, I actually, I, I like this episode for the fact that this was in, in all intensive purposes, this was a filler episode with, with main arch thrown into it. And it's main arch main story. Arc. Yeah, hold on. Brad, Joe in the group chat writes, Sergey looks like dab. <laughs> oh, wow. They have the same amount of chins. Um, this, this was it, for all the lack of a better term, this was a filler episode with with main story arc thrown into it. I think if this were four seasons ago, we would have been like, eh, okay. I don't think we would have been as critical. Um, I enjoyed this episode because it felt like supernatural to me. It felt like a, a four season ago filler episode that still moved the story along. And there were some stuff and discrepancies that we didn't like, but we were like, nah, eh, we could let it slide. Because it moved the story along. Right. Unfortunately. That's most important at this yes, point. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, this was an episode, a filler episode, on the 15th final season of Supernatural. That's the downside to this episode. And that's why we were so critical of it. I think, personally, using the alternate Sam and Dean was awesome. Yeah. Because we had seen them before in a few of the flashbacks, and we were like, what the fuck? Is that a man bun Sam? Like, it, there were parts. Man bun Sam! Man bun Sam! <laughs> I wash stuff on my abs. Um, I, I just, I, I enjoyed that aspect. I love watching Sam and Dean play pretty much a spoof of themselves. Um, parts with the empty. I, Meg, I, it was cool to see her, but it was kind of just yeah. why. Like, and I think that's there's a lot been my, of why. There's a lot of whys, and I feel like my I bring this up every time we bring a character back. Why is this character here? Is this character here for a legitimate reason, or is this character here just to you know for a oh my god, remember her or remember this character or remember like it's member berries? And I feel like that's the downside to this episode. And I I truly believe that if if Meg was back for a legitimate, I liked Ruby in this. This was way opposite than what I had called last last mm-hmm. episode. I right. said I said that this was going to be a dog and pony show of them showing up and just giving them the spotlight because they're Sam or, or Jensen and Jared's right. It, and it wasn't that. Mm-mm. And I'm glad it wasn't that. So I was okay with the parts with Joe and Ruby and the flashbacks, and they were for a particular reason. So I was okay with those characters coming back. So I think ultimate Con- convoluted reason, but a reason it's still, yeah, convoluted, it, but it, it still wasn't it just fan service. Yes, yeah. it worked, and it wasn't fan service, and I'm okay with that. I just think that the, you know, ultimately they brought Meg back for no particular reason, um, which I felt like Meg being a, a bigger character should have shown up for for a reason. Yeah, she, but she, was, she has health problems though. The actor, mm-hmm. yeah, she, I, I, she I has MS. Oh, she has MS. Okay. Um, r- regardless, I, I felt like maybe. There was just like Mike said, there's a lot of whys. And I think that really bummed my score out. Because if 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 they had written a better episode, obviously I would have given it a better score, but something that with a little bit more concise and a little bit more less of the whys would have gave this this would have been such a cool episode. 
And I think, you know, I enjoyed it. It felt like a filler episode. The problem was it was in season 15, the final season of Supernatural. And that's the, that was the downside for me. So I gave it a 75. All right, Mike, what about you? A lot of, a lot of mixed emotions. I, it, yes. And when I was working on the show notes earlier today, I, I didn't really know where to start because I think that all, as a fan of Supernatural, I was fine with the episode mm-hmm. as a guy that didn't have to discuss it or break it down. I would have, you know, pushed up. I'm like, yeah, fun. And that's it. But because this is the final season and we are critics of sorts, we break down these episodes. You start to see a lot of the problems mm-hmm. and there's a lot of issues in this episode for reasons that don't make a lot of sense. Now, if let's say you're, ending you're ending your show right like they are and you find yourself dueling time you know you only have a few more episodes to go i would forgive a lot of rush okay even though they've had 15 years to figure it out my point is is that i'd still be like you know what i understand why they're trying to do things they're trying to push the plot forward as fast as they can but it feels like there was a lot going on in this episode that didn't need to happen when you think about it, the only thing that was truly important was the occultum Jack getting his soul back and Kaz tracking it. The other things were just a lot of background noise. Now, yes, an episode of TV can be about fun, and that's why you have AU uh, douche Sam and Dean. Worked great for the com- comedy relief. So there was a lot of good things about this episode, but there were just so many things that just didn't need to be there. And I feel like we could have dedicated another 25, 30 minutes to the occultum and gave yeah. Sam and Dean a little bit more of a, a meaningful, less of a runaround, more of a actual thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I did enjoy the episode and that's why despite the nitpicking on some things, I'm going to give it a 79%. Okay. And I feel conflicted doing that, but it did deliver the supernatural vibes. And when we review and discuss things, we don't solely base our reviews on the script. We review it on a plethora of things. And overall, the episode was not terrible. So. All right. AV, you're up. What are your final thoughts on this one? Um, Probably exactly um, what Mike and Ryan has already said. Um, I, the first time through, did exactly what Mike said. I watched it. I had fun with it. Um, I didn't find myself picking up my phone every two minutes. You know, that's always a good sign. <laughs> um, but there were questions that I had. Now, some of them I felt like I was like, okay, well, that explains that, that we've been talking about. Um, but it was it was okay like it was mm-hmm. good it was enjoyable um and i mean there's not a lot more to i, I have to say about it i mean i i enjoyed it mm-hmm. um it's not one that i would seek out maybe right watch the intro clip of the douche winchesters coming out because i love the song and <laughs> it's fucking hilarious with them with no socks stepping out of that tiny little car um, Can we get a web series on them, I'd like just it. for fun. Right. Give us like a ten, uh, like, a five episode webisodes. You know, their adventures in Rio. Ah, oh, be great. Just little ten minute episodes. That'd be I'd hilarious. I would pay for it. 
Now, I'm not, right. If they said, hey, five minute episodes, there's we're going to give you 10 of them. I'm like, fucking how much money? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, But. I, I can't. I'm, I've got to go with Mike. I can't give it more than a 79. I really can't give it okay. more than that. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this one's tough because there were things I liked about it. And from as Mike, I think you said it perfectly. As like a fan of Supernatural, I was okay with the episode. I had enough fun with it. There were things to laugh about. Like Avi said, I wasn't picking up my phone. I was entertained. But at the same time, from the writing critical standpoint, the the glaring issues are fairly fucking glaring at this time to a shocking degree. What's more shocking is that I didn't hate the episode despite all that. It's just, and again, those things weren't necessarily deal breakers. This wasn't like episode two, Raising Hell, where I'm just bored and asking what the fuck halfway through the first 10 minutes. But it it was problematic, and I, yet I still had fun. So for that, it kind of falls into our range of it was an episode at some point, maybe the higher end of that, but I, I'm going to give it right. a 75 because the writing issues are so bad. Frankly, they're lucky it didn't fall apart. Mm-hmm. And part of that could be due to just acting. Part of that could be due to Eamon J- Catterall's directing. Jensen and Jared, they're acting. Once again, saving an episode. Yeah. Maybe it's simply that it felt so much more like Supernatural with more of the metaphysical and and abstract concepts of the garden of Eden and all these other questions and ideas bubbling up in my head and what could be now, this could be something very easily like Asmodeus and the Shadim and the thing and the bad place and so many other things that end up not coming to fruition or mattering. And that'll hurt that episode. The Shadim's going to (laughs) matter. What will end up hurting the episode in hindsight. But Right now, 75, I enjoyed it for what it was. And Asmodeus is the little girl. I had to turn off. <laughs> That's why she was wearing all white. It's all going to matter. Uh, it's so, <laughs> I'm, you're going to be so oh, mind fucked no, by the I'm end. I'm going to keep the faith. It's all going to matter. All going to matter? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mayor Winchester's not going to be dead. Uh, you're, you're really optimistic. Lebanon was going to be a good episode. Oh, what? And then nice. John, having remembered, will send them a message. Marty McFly style, back in time. Yeah. Back in time. But he, but he only knows enough to nullify the last four seasons. That's it. He's all, guys, you know what? For Something some reason, happens to the you universe. Know, I, I woke up from this dream, realized it wasn't a dream, and uh, I have just enough knowledge to make sure we do away with the last four years. Um, so we're all going to take these cyanide tablets. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have a rocky road. You know, Chuck's going to reveal himself as God. And then from there, you're on your own, boys. Try to figure it out. Don't follow the, let's get meta here, the scripts in front of you. <laughs> and um, let's knock off for work early. Yeah. yeah. All right. So 75, enjoyable if a mess on paper. And I think that's pretty much all we can say about this one at this point. So unfortunately, we have another helatus. Corona, corona anus, anus. Corona anus corona before anus. us. A gaping corona anus before us with oh, an God. unknown God. end as we plunge deeper and deeper into it. It's never ending. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so scared. So we won't have new episodes next week of the actual airing discussions. We'll we'll come up with something. We'll entertain ourselves somehow, as we often do. But we want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank everyone for being Patreon subscribers. 
And we'll see you again. That's coming at my crony. At some point, Jesus God. (laughs) Paid money for this show, some people do. (laughs) All right, that's going to be it. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.